Hi there, this is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement Podcast. On this show, I interview people from all over the world, and sometimes I feel spirit-led to share on topics that I feel are relevant, um, and it's also uh, something that the divine inspires through me. So today's episode is completely impromptu. I uh, did not pre-plan this at all, and in fact, just started walking in nature. And the creator of the universe said to me, do you trust me? I said, yes, absolutely. Get out your phone. You're going to start speaking in multiple languages. Now, I don't know exactly what that means other than perhaps whatever it is that I share on the episode today, you will be able to understand it without the use or the need of translation devices. Um, I have seen firsthand miracles worked through the creator of the universe, um, and I have also seen from the dark realm how darkness has some power as well, but it's, it's up to us light workers. To, to band together, it's up to us light workers to step up and stand up for what's right, point out when things are not going right, and provide solutions, provide ways to solve problems. When, when you see, for example, in your neighborhood, you see an elderly person that's being taken advantage of, maybe they're getting robbed from someone and you know that you can help them because you can run because you've been training for that marathon or you're a sprinter on your track team and you can run after that person that is stealing from them and you're not afraid to stand up to a bully maybe not by yourself maybe bring a couple friends with you Uh, we need to stand up against injustice. The first responders are overworked right now. They are stressed beyond you could, what you could imagine. I'll give you an example. A couple weekends ago, I'm on a random trip on the road. I was going to go walk in nature and three donkeys crossed the street. <laughs> kid you not. They are going back and forth. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm in this little back country road. And they're continually, it's early in the morning, they're continually going from one house to the other house. It's like, hey, let's go over. It's like little best friends, right? Let's go over to your house. No, no, okay, we're done, we're bored. Let's go over to this house. Well, I saw them clearly walk across the road and I, my mind immediately went to, I don't want a car to hit them and to to damage the vehicle, potentially hurt a person, and also to hurt an animal, right? Who wants who wants to be the one that makes the call that, oh, sorry, I killed, you know, your donkey. Sorry, so sorry, right? So I'm calling the first, I wasn't sure what county I was in, uh, the first non-emergency number that I had searched on the internet search, and that wasn't the right number. They connected me to another department. Um, meanwhile, these are all automatically transferred to 911 because someone decided that that was the right thing to do during the pandemic. 
So they are quickly discovering it's not an emergency, although I had searched online for non-emergency. Keep that in mind. Third person answers the phone. Very nice gentleman in the right county. He's listening to me. They are on duty. It's a, a Sunday, I believe. It's a Saturday or a Sunday. Either way, it doesn't matter. It's a weekend. <laughs> he listens to me. Then he says, I got you on speaker in my vehicle. Okay, perfect. He's got his partner. His partner he, p- grabs the phone. What do you need? Uh, well, it's not what I need. I'm trying to prevent a car accident from happening. Where are you at? So I explained it for probably the fourth time. And at this point, I'm like, why is he so short with me? Well, because a donkey crossing the road is not priority when you have someone that is being potentially murdered from their husband in their home, right? They they have to prioritize the severity of issues going on. And when there is a heightened level of financial stress in the home, which everyone in the United States is feeling that pressure and everyone globally is feeling that pressure since we missed out on 2020, a lot of us, uh, it can increase when you're financially stressed in your home, it can increase domestic violence. Just, just look it up yourself for the statistics. Uh, It's pretty severe. Now, when I explained to him after he asked me, what do you want? I said, I'm trying to prevent a car accident. He hangs up the phone. So they knew where the location was because I had gotten them the cross streets from from, um, I had to drive a little bit away from where the donkeys were at to, to find out what road <clears throat> the crossroads were and give them the address. They had the information. I don't know whether they went to the house or not, uh, but I did my part, right? Uh, it took probably an extra 10 to 15 minutes out of my day that I will never get back, but I made the decision in that moment that whatever car that drives next, they're not gonna be surprised if the donkeys decided to walk in front of them, right? And get hit and let's say they forgot to put the seatbelt on their child in the car seat in the back correctly or they weren't properly educated because they're a teenager that just gave birth and they didn't have the car seat in or they didn't have a car seat at all and their child flies through the windshield right? That's where my mind went. I wanted to prevent something like that from happening. And it was easy. You just make a phone call. Well, you make three phone calls and you stop for about 15, 20 minutes. Okay. If we all do our part, even just one small thing each day, it's going to help bring us back together. Uh, I can remember vividly where I was at during the 9-11 bombing, I was in my vehicle with my mom. My mom was driving me to school because I didn't have my driver's license yet. And I'm super grateful that she spent a lot of time driving us kids when we could have taken the bus. But she liked that time with us in the mornings. And we're listening to the radio. 
and that was when the first the first one was announced and of course that's in New York I was on the other side of the states um, probably about 6 30 in the morning or so she was driving me to the high school because um, I always got there early I liked getting there early and I would hang with my friends by the choir room but that day was very different uh, by the time we got to our first period class, I want to say it was around probably 7.15 or 7.25, something like that, uh, they announced during that time period that the second building was hit. Uh, we as a school completely shut down any thoughts of academic learning that day. We learned quickly what it feels like in many countries that deal with that on a regular basis. We came together that year and through the many years following as a nation. Many people that did not believe in a God or in a creator, whatever deity you label, uh, changed their minds quickly. When you are in crisis and you do not have any other way out, or you do not feel within your spirit, your heart, your mind, your body, that you have any way out, you either freeze, fight, or you flee the scene. That's, those are your three options. I believe, if you are listening to this in the United States, I believe we as a nation decided to join together and to fight against injustice. Whatever conspiracy you believe happened in 9-11, or whether you believe it truly was someone from another country, what I know in my heart is that we needed an awakening as a nation. And that's happening again, globally. Heightened stress, heightened financial stress, uh, workplace stress, family stress, spiritual stress. What can we do? What can we do on a daily basis to keep plugged in, to keep ourselves in balance when it feels like the entire world is in chaos. Well, I'm no theologian and I'm no expert at anything. I just have dabbled in a lot of different things. You could say I'm the Jackie of all trades, if you will. <clears throat> and, I, and I don't know all trades, but it is a phrase that uh, is often used for men to say a Jack of all trades. So I just made that up on the fly. Uh, some things that have worked well for me and my family during heightened levels of stress, it's pretty simple. Plug in to the word. And, and by the word, I mean for us in my family, the Bible. For you and your family, it might be the Torah. Um, it might be the Quran. It might be um, uh, various, I, I still am learning on different uh, religious practices of different names of the books. Um, 
whatever it is for you and your faith system, we in my family, we love you and we respect you in your choices. Whatever is going to make you a better human being, a kinder, more loving human being, that's going to make the world a better place, full of peace. Because the creator of the universe desires for us to be at peace. There comes a time, though, uh, if you believe in the whole word, that is the Old Testament and the New Testament, and all of the canons that have been deleted or erased from our Bibles that we know as today, the creator of the universe is not just a creator of peace. The creator also designed us all individually And there are some that are in the likeness of the Creator's image that are warriors. I was reading yesterday, I was inspired to get some scriptures. And there there was a battle. And Saul, who also is known as Paul um, during the name change process, that's a story for another episode. Saul was very angry and very jealous because Saul was king. Saul had thousands of chariots and Samuel has this discussion with Saul and he says to him, uh, he was supposed to show up at a certain time and he didn't show up till a few days later and He says to Saul, and of course I'm paraphrasing from my own translation understanding in my language. He says, you didn't, you didn't listen. The creator told you to not make any sacrifices. You did not follow directions. You will forever lose favor. And you lost the kingdom. You chose to lose the kingdom by your actions. Everything, everything, both the good, the bad, the otherwise, whatever you want to identify as choices, behaviors, the creator knows it all. The creator knows all of the potential options and choices that you make. And I believe the Creator gives us free will, wants and desires for us to walk with them. And I say them because we are all created in their image. In my society, it is more masculine-dominated, patriarchal society. So we often use Father, He, for God. But the Holy Spirit, in the Latin use, if you look at the history of it, is feminine origin. And there are people that are born with both genitalia. 
there are people that believe in the, they believe that they are born of another gender, but physically represent as another one. I am not to judge. We are not called to judge anyone. We are called to love and protect. Now, we could have a conversation about (laughs) competing in athletes, sports, right? Physiologically, men have been designed to have more red blood cells. If you had a man and a woman stand next to each other and they both weighed the same, uh, the man, typically there's always outliers to every fact that we state, right? But typically, a man will have more red blood cells, which means more oxygen running through the body, which means they are physically more capable to do greater physical things. It's why the military has different standardized fitness protocols for men versus women and also for their age brackets. But they have had to adjust it over the last few decades because as a global society, we have continued to get fatter and fatter and lazier. And I take ownership of that as well. I'm not just saying people are fat, fix it, right? I'm not as fit as I was in graduate school. I don't like it, but I'm making some changes. I'm walking right now in the woods as I'm sharing this story with you to hopefully get you off your booty and move a little bit every day. It's not just going to make you prepared if there was an attack on our country or your country, if you're not listening in the United States. Uh, It's going to help you be a happier, kinder person to other people if you are exercising regularly because of the release of endorphins. Um, If you need to exercise or do athletic sports um, uh, by yourself or with people, find time. Make the time for it just like a doctor's appointment. If it is consuming your life entirely, that's not good either. Uh, When I was in graduate school, I'm just gonna be real transparent with you guys because I always am transparent. Uh, I had an assignment. I had to teach for fitness classes. Each of them was twice a week. Uh, My first year it was split up four days a week, so it was a little bit easier to maintain, but I worked uh, the crappy shift (laughs) because I was an add-on. If you're ever new in a job, you might get the crappy shift, suck it up, keep showing up, add more value, and they'll fix the schedule to your liking if you're dependable and if you do excellent work. I had the 8 a.m. step aerobics class and the 8 p.m step aerobics class and my own classes graduate level classes my first year um, that was I think on Mondays and Wednesdays and then Tuesdays and Thursdays I taught a cardio combinations class and a beginning weight training class things changed over the course of that year I sucked I sucked so bad at fitness instructing why well partly I take ownership in my own experiences I did not have a lot of PE, traditional PE experiences growing up. I was homeschooled until sixth grade. We did the YMCA route. 
uh, when I got into sixth grade, it was an elementary school. I was at the top of the elementary. My father was diagnosed with cancer and that shook the family. So they decided to put me in advanced band. I auditioned and made the junior high band. I, I was really interested in flute. Uh, our PE instructor, who was a guest on the podcast a few months ago, Patricia Benavides, uh, she is a phenomenal woman and she taught our PE class, but it was only 30 minutes once a week. How much learning could you get in sixth grade with once a week PE class if you remembered to bring the right shoes that day, right? Uh, <laughs> junior high, I was in band and choir. I did not have time in my schedule and my parents signed a waiver, so I got out of PE. Um, I was in volleyball my seventh and eighth grade year. I did not make it my ninth grade year because the coach wanted to win and I wanted everyone to be loved and encouraged. He did not see a competitive spirit in me, which is fine. So I did not play sports my ninth grade year. I played uh, softball seventh and eighth, I think eighth grade. Um, I tried track in ninth grade, but I had so many transitions. My mom started working. My eldest brother, who was my abuser uh, from three to five years old, was getting uh, removed out of the military and his own issues, uh, and it shook me. Um, I was not able to continue being on the track team. I did not want to quit. I had never quit anything. My parents did not let me quit anything, but the stress level was so high, the transitions were so high, they were advised to allow me to let go of the pressure that I put on myself, especially when the doctor, my pediatrician doctor that we went to see as a family lied to my face and lied to my parents, telling them that I needed and was open to taking medication when I asked for alternative options. I didn't. I wanted to try other things because I was 14 years old and I was not an idiot. I was extremely wise as a child. Um, old soul. I've always had that old soul mentality. But I didn't have a lot of PE experiences. So when I got to high school, I had my sophomore year, um, I had made it that summer before into the elite music company group. So we were dancing an hour after school every day, um, either dancing or singing or a combination of both. That brought me joy. That was my PE experience. They did not count it. It was an academic class, but they did not count it as a PE credit because they couldn't guarantee that we were always going to be physical every day, which I thought was stupid, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I learned a lot from Mr. House, and uh, if you haven't heard any other episode, go check out the 2.0 version where I interview him because you'll be amazed. Anyways, um, I had to take an online, or it was like, oh, not online, what was it? Uh, my, my junior year... My mom and I signed up for Curves, and I got, I had to do like a weekly 
on the honor system that I was exercising. My mom had to sign it. I can't remember what that's called. Um, so I got that credit. And then my senior year, I had to get three PE credits, but I only had two semesters to get three credits in. So I had to figure that out. So they had just launched the Navy J. Rotsey program at my high school. The superintendent of our district in Bethel Schools was a very high-level leader from the Navy, retired, and he ran our whole school district. Um, he, he came with his wife to our concert later my senior year uh, when we got, or not concert, our performance when we performed at the Supersonics Stadium, the Key Arena. Um, so for me, I had known and heard his name because I got to be around adults every weekend and the adults loved us and cared about us because we were the top performers for the school representing the whole district. And my sophomore year, we got to perform for all superintendents of the entire state of Washington. I got to sing a solo as a 15 year old. So my standards of excellence have been high for a long time. I didn't get a lot of PE experiences, but I certainly knew how to be a professional. And I made the decision to join the J. Rotsey program because I thought I would get more PE experiences. It was not the case. Uh, <laughs> I learned a lot about myself, though, and about leadership. I was extremely quiet and anxious when I had to speak in public. But I could sing to any audience size. It's a very strange thing. What I learned being a part of the J. Rotsey program under the direction of Colonel Isil and Petty Officer Edwards was that you don't have to be a loud person to be taken seriously. You could be yourself and make a difference in your class. I was awarded, did not ask for it, but I was given the leadership role of platoon commander of my class. I did not understand why. <laughs> the added responsibility and the pressure on me my senior year was not anything that I had desired or asked for. My parents were invited to parent-teacher conference evening. And in high school, in the high school that I grew up in, not a lot of parents showed up to anything. My parents did. There were some great families that their parents did, but they were busy. By the time kids get into high school, they don't, it's not that they don't care, but they're, they've probably got other kids. They've got jobs, whatever. And it's not a huge connect. But my parents, uh, they made the decision to show up. Dad showed up anytime he could. He would take a nap on concert nights so that he could stay up later to be present because he normally went to bed at 7 p.m. because he worked nights. So parent-teacher night, he shows up, and I wasn't in his presence when he talks to Colonel Isol, but he says, I asked my dad prior to, I said, I, I, I want to know why he picked me as a platoon commander. <laughs> but what my dad asked was, that's a trail? Yeah. 
my dad asked him, Erin wants to know how she can get 10 out of 10 every week on her <laughs> weekly accountability checks. Uh, definitely didn't ask that dad, but my dad knew something greater about me than I did. And he was so proud that I was a leader in my class. And I'm getting emotional just thinking about it because my dad's not here. And you might have a father that's still alive. I encourage you to reach out and tell them how much you appreciate them. Don't just say, I appreciate you. Say, I appreciate you because you sacrificed your sleep to show up for me. I appreciate you because you stood up for me when the teacher was lying about me or whatever it is that you're, you're proud of as a child for your parents because we don't say it enough. We tell other people how much we love them, but guess what? When they're gone, you can't say it anymore to them. I didn't have a lot of PE experiences, but my family expected a lot. And I expected a lot of myself because I take pride in my work. And uh, a lot of, lot of military influence in my upbringing and a lot of spiritual influence. But as a child, you don't really ask your parents and your parents' friends that are over at your house, like, what do you do for a living? No, they just, they're your friends and they're your family friends. I was blessed with a lot of military spouses and um, veterans that were in our prayer groups that would come to the house regularly, uh, or they would rotate to different homes, and we'd all have, you know, snacks or whatnot. As I get older, right, they see that I'm going and performing and doing different things, and you know, our parents are proud of us, right? And they, have, what do they do? They talk to their friends in their friend group about what their kids are doing, right? That's, that's pretty normal conversation anywhere you go. Uh, you want your family saying good things about you. You want, if you care about being a good steward of the life that you have been gifted with, you should desire to make your family proud. And maybe you didn't grow up with your parents. Maybe, maybe they were extremely abusive to you. Or maybe they died and you have someone else that raised you, grandparent or ward of the state or, you know, um, foster parent, whatever. Whoever is the person that you look up to, that you care about, do something within you a little bit every day. And, and take action in the world to make your community better. So in addition to the Jay Rotsey program my senior year, I also was in the step aerobics class. And we had uh, two gals that were student teaching from the local university. I had been to that university a few times through band experiences. We had the festival there um, as a school district. Uh, and... We got to be a part of the university through their community events and whatnot. So I already knew that I liked that school. 
and pardon me if you heard some weird sounds, I was adjusting my necklace, it was getting caught in my hair, my necklace my dad gave me, anyways, um, <laughs> so I remember Tina, because I ended up student teaching with her later on when I chose my career path, but I don't remember the other gal's name, but they worked together that first semester, and then by the second semester, our main teacher, I want to say she was becoming a principal. So she was getting, she was like going to the next level up, I want to say, and she needed coverage. And so Tina took over the class as our teacher. And this was my first year in a PE experience where I got PE every single day and got to exercise every single day. And it was so fun. We did a variety of things, but Tina really loved step aerobics. So we did a lot of step in the class. We did run on the track and did different activities, but it was her preferred joy. So I learned how to, to facilitate it because she raised the standards and wanted to make sure that we each could teach it. Um, I'm so grateful she did that because when I applied for graduate school after getting my PE degree with not a whole lot of cohesion in my undergrad, I did my part, but they had a lot of substitute professors in our experience in our department, but I did not have substitute tuition waived. I had to pay the full amount. So when I couldn't get a lot of jobs in 2008, 2009, I started applying in 2009, 2010, I applied for graduate school after a conversation with my uncle because he said, you have value you can bring to the university with your teaching degree. Look for schools that are graduate teaching assistantship within the degree frame that you're looking for and only apply to schools that you're willing to commute from your home. So I applied and was awarded a full-ride graduate teaching assistantship. Not the first round. I was actually denied it the first round, but I asked to go on deferment for a year because my middle brother had done the same thing a few years prior before going and pursuing music full-time. Something within him knew that he needed to pursue music full-time, and he had already had classes registered um, in our undergrad at Pacific Lutheran University. He was like he already put down the deposit, and I think it was mom and dad that paid for it. And something within him said, no, I need to pursue music full-time. So I knew the language of which to ask for my deferment because my brother had gone through it at a different school a couple years prior, and, and I was reminded of it. So they initially wanted me to pay $60,000 of student loans, and I already had about 65000 in student loan debt from my undergrad. I had some scholarships and Pell Grants, but they expected my family to be able to pay more than they could afford, and I wasn't receiving job opportunities with the career path that I chose. So I was blessed. A few months later, with a surprise letter in the mail <laughs> that said, uh, due to an influx of 
community members from our international group, uh, we have a need for graduate teaching assistantship. If you are still interested, we would love to award you. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's, it's a miracle, and I didn't see it at that time because I was not close to my deity at all. I was hurting so bad from a boyfriend before the person that I was dating currently at that moment in time had completely disrespected me beyond what any parents or grandparents would ever desire for their child in any nation. <laughs> but the creator said, no, I'm going to take care of you. You want to learn, you want to add value to your country, and you don't have the money, I'm going to find a way. So thank goodness, and this is for exact verbatim from my office mate who is from Chongqing in China, Yonze, she says, all of the students are from China. We had an influx of students. Parents from China were smart and they had money because they're all savers. They brought their students over, their families over, and paid in full for their university experience. So if you're paying in full, you better believe they needed to have coverage. So I was the international <laughs> pack course instructor. They added a position for me. I did not know how to teach step aerobics. I taught myself in front of my students in graduate school. I had bits and pieces of experiences, but the level of pressure was extremely high. I thrive under pressure. I really do. Um, we had to have a certain star rating from our students that uh, they. I was asked at the end of each quarter to leave the room and have an assigned person in the group collect all the surveys and hand deliver it to the library to make sure it was unbiased, that they were able to write an honest survey of how they experienced my instruction. You better believe that pressure was high because I sucked real bad my first quarter. I learned quickly to up-level my professionalism because I desired to not be bad. I desired to keep my scholarship. You had to have at least, I think, a B-plus average in your, in your specific study courses, and you couldn't have um, below a B-average if it was not related to your degree at all. Um, so I had my courses that I took I taught four courses, and my first year, I had about a 1,000 emails a week to deal with from my students because I didn't know what I was doing, and I was creating so much added work for myself. I learned by the second year, when, I, when we changed as a family, my partner at the time, we weren't married yet, but he and I had cohabitated prior to graduate school. And then when I moved down there, we were living separately and whatnot and commuting on the weekends to see each other, uh, he and I had lost our home. He had to get mommy and daddy to write a $40,000 check because he made a poor business decision and bought a home in the height, in the peak of the economy and the bubble burst and renters disappeared, myself included. I was still a part of the relationship, but I was getting my master's degree and I could not afford to pay his rent and my rent on $1,025 a month stipend for 10 months out of the year. 
he changed his parenting plan, and I did not desire to remove myself from the relationship. I wanted to step up my game in my family as well, and I did. We commuted. I say we, I commuted. Uh, every other Wednesday and Sunday, my second year, and I communicated to my students at school at Oregon State that uh, the situation and the joint parenting plan, and absolutely send me an email if you need to, but please, my office hours are from this time to this time. I set healthy work boundaries, and I responded during, I kept my promise from 6 a.m., I want to say, 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. or somewhere around there twice a week for the whole year because I got up early and I committed. Those were my hours for my students at school. And I committed to setting a healthy work boundary where I did not look at any work-related materials when I was at home. I made the decision that I was going to be present with my family. However, there were some surprise bills that showed up so I had to add substitute teaching on Thursdays and Fridays, my second year, in Washington State because Oregon had zero need for substitutes. They had laid off every single first-year teacher. They had a surplus of teachers. They did not have a need for substitutes. So I signed up for a co-op because we had moved out to the country to be close to my ex's parents, and there was a co-op of a variety of smaller school districts that uh, banded together or whatnot. So once I got all the paperwork and filed it through the state and everything, um, then I started substituting. Now, I made friends immediately with the people at the schools because they were grateful that I was showing up and I was good with their kids, their students. I had a principal in a school in Centralia, shook hands with me, walked in, met me in front of the class, showed me so much respect in front of all the students, and asked me what I was studying in graduate school and was so impressed with the fact that I was studying, that I was helping my family, and I was training for, uh, I think I was training for a full marathon, but we, we did the half that year. Um, and he was impressed with how much I was working to help provide for my family because I took pride in making everything in my world better. Um, not everyone in my circle stepped up their game, but that's all right. Everything is fixable. Or you can leave. You're not a tree. You're not rooted. You're not planted anywhere. You can change your situation. If you're going through some stress right now in your family, in your job, in your finances, you can change it. Reach out to someone for help. If they don't help you, reach out to 10 other people. Figure out what you need help with. Write it down in a journal. I promise you, it will get better. I didn't have a lot of PE experiences, but somehow during that second year with my project and my high level of standards of myself, I researched my new diagnosis that I had been diagnosed in January prior to in 2011. Um, I was diagnosed with asthma. 
So I was extremely laser focused on wanting to learn about this diagnosis because it impacted me personally. And I wanted to combine my passions of musical genius. And I say that very humbly. I come from a a family line, at least four generations of musicians. My brothers supported the final music production of the vocals right before we did the video. Uh, My stepdaughters, we weren't married yet, but I considered them my stepdaughters, participated fully, willfully with their father's consent. Um, They learned the dance moves to the songs. We did five songs, five dances. It wasn't perfect, right? Uh, It wasn't supposed to be perfect. It was what my job was was to create something and see if it was duplicatable, see if modeling it changed anything. Um, It was a project that my goal was to do something fun that I would enjoy and present it to schools as a new form of performing. That was my initial thought because of my high level of experience performing in high school with Mr. Krause. And I wanted to teach an increased awareness and respect for people with asthma because a lot of the students that I worked with prior to getting into graduate school and a lot of the students while I was in graduate school, while I was substituting on Thursdays and Fridays, were overweight or obese. And many of them were sitting on the sidelines because that was the accepted behavior. Because teachers were not educated to encourage them to get up and walk. And it was allowed to let the child be instead of encourage them to find some way to move. So I became the role model in those classes with the students that were sitting down. And I said, how about let's walk, jog, or run? Some days we feel better than others. No one is allowed to judge anyone in this class. You show up, you give the best that you can. I'm going to assume the best in you. You assume the best in me. And we're going to have a good day today. Sound good? Thumbs up. Everybody's thumbs up. Awesome. And then we rocked and rolled and we moved forward. (laughs) I'm laughing because it's been... 10 years since I created that project and I didn't really fully know my value that year because the person I was with did not value me and who you choose to lay with is the most important if not uh, besides the faith system you choose is the most important aspect that will influence every part of your life. I have since up leveled my value because of the husband that I have now. And the years of experience between and all of the things that I've been through and that he's been through and whatnot. I didn't know it at the time. But in 2012, I started thinking beyond my current circumstances. I had an advisor that was outstanding, Dr. Vicki Ebbick from Australia. She also was uh, 
like an editor or she, she worked in some capacity for the American Psychological Association. Um, she had been featured in textbooks that were taught in our classes and other classes. I cared about her opinion about things. She was really good at her job and she was also really good at up-leveling my imagination of what could be possible. We started brainstorming one day and she said, we have, we have to figure out if this is something that could be used in schools. Um, is there a way we can find that out? How are your uh, reviewers, how, how are they enjoying the experience? And I said, well, to be honest, I'm having a hard time getting them to respond at all because they're working full time. But let me prompt them and reach out to them again. And to my, my partner's credit at the time, he did reach out and helped connect me to many of the teachers uh, and, and asked them, reminded them to fill out the surveys that they had promised that they would. <laughs> there was 15 teachers total. So got feedback from many of them, but not a lot of writing feedback. It was just checking of the boxes, except for from two and got great feedback from those two. Still have all of that data available and the university has copies of it as well. Um, but I started thinking beyond the 15 teachers. I started dreaming above and beyond that because I worked so many hours on the project and I wanted it to be something bigger. So I was like, well, I might as well shoot for the moon. Let's see if there are conferences that I could present at. Because when you are around other high-level thinkers, iron sharpens iron. And every Friday we had, we had this, uh, I don't know, so like a practicum, I'm not sure what it was called, but everyone in our department would share what research they were working on. It was like an hour, hour and a half. So they selected one person or two people on Fridays to present for 15 to 20 minutes. And some of them were in their PhD program, some of them were in their master's program, uh, some of them were professors, some of them were in research, some of them were teaching, some of them were both. And it was a way for us to communicate um, academically in our physical sciences department. Um, they've changed names a few times. In ours, uh, it was my specific major focus was exercise and sports psychology, but uh, the umbrella parent name that was over all of us was, I can't even remember what it was called, but it's like human, human and social services or something like that. You could look it up now online, or you could call the university and ask them, <laughs> but it's been 10 years, so they've probably changed names many times based on who's leading and whose focus and all that. Um, I didn't know my value, but I did have an advisor that encouraged me to work on something for a year that I enjoyed doing, and I enjoyed it. It was hard work, but it was so fun to have this finished project. I didn't want it to just die with my master's degree and not go anywhere. So I started looking at uh, my organization that I was from as a PE teacher. Is, it used to be called AFRID, American, uh, let's see, 
AAH, American Alliance of Health, Recreation, Physical Education, and Dance. It's now called Shape America. So I started looking at AFERD conferences that were close enough geographically to Washington State because that's where I was moving back to once I graduated. And there just so happened to be one in Montana. Now, I can't remember if it was Missoula or where, what city it was, um, but I remembered reaching out to one of my friends that was in my program, Eris, and asking her because she was from Montana because I was awarded an invitation to present my song and signature dance at this conference. It wasn't just any conference. This was a regional, multi-state conference. I was the only one on the roster teaching dance for the whole organization, multi-state. When I tell you that dance is not encouraged in physical education classes from where I grew up, it's not just where I grew up. That whole entire organization has dance, D at the end. It is an afterthought. But guess what? They saw something within my paragraph application process and invited me. However, the economy was still terrible. Everyone was tightening up their wallets. Their offer to me was for me to pay for the organization. Now, keep in mind, I was making $1,025 a month for 10 months contract while I was a student. I had a guaranteed teaching job in my school district to come back to, and I was laid off of it. So I had zero income coming in to me. And they wanted me to pay a few hundred dollars to join their organization and then pay the conference fee to then present my own work to teach other teachers how to be better at dance through my own creation. I had to turn it down. I couldn't afford to present my own work. It was a terrible offer. And I've learned through the years, many, many years, that teachers are not respected in society as a whole, in our country. Some countries they respect more and they pay more. Um, I, I know that there is value in my program because in 2020, during the scare where I was off the grid for two months, my music was stolen from my person when I was off the grid. Someone was assigned to steal my work. <laughs> now, people that have money and resources can make up any story in the world. They can change stories online. They can do whatever they want, and they can make you disappear. That's what I've learned. I learned that growing up, too, in a rough neighborhood. Um, but what I also learned is that no one can steal from a daughter of the Most High King without the Creator's permission. And my husband taught me a lot uh, before we ever were dating when we were off the grid because he was assigned to help me. He taught me that, Aaron, maybe you're not supposed to get this money. Maybe you're not supposed to have that business offer. Maybe you're not supposed to have that because if you did, then it would make you a target for ransom. Have you ever thought about that? And I was like, you know, you're right. 
I had to shift my focus on all or nothing mentality, which I didn't know that I had that in, in the financial category because I assumed being a person from humble beginnings who was always had to work for everything. My parents did not give me handouts. I assumed that if you had more, you could give more and you could help more people. And I believe that to be true for me because I saw what I did when I had an opportunity to receive money, I started planning and preparing and getting people connected in my country, in my network, and the people that decided to use that information against me that could have helped move things along a lot sooner and quicker decided to try and steal. But guess what, EOS. The creator is not limited to that one project that I created in graduate school. Since then, I have created 16 alternative therapies. And I plan, with my husband's support and with the support of our community, to get these programs accredited through the Joint Commission, which is the gold standard in the world for all white paper research on alternative means for mental health options. It's not that we're against pharma, we're actually in support of, but there is a rising everywhere of people that are struggling with their mental illness that are not being respected. There's an uprising of women that are not being respected. There's an uprising of people that are tired of getting bullied in the workplace or otherwise. We are your support system. And, and one of my areas of genius that I have worked and learned is building curriculums, building therapy programs, because I was designed to bring people together. Um, I'm also a great musician. That comes easily to me. Um, that's from my family genetics and a lot of hard work. I've been singing for 31 years. That time, that effort, that energy has not gone unnoticed. So when people ask me, how have you been able to grow so quickly your brand in such a short amount of time compared to other people that have had to pay lots of money and are not seeing the growth? I can't give you a straight answer other than there's favor, there's a lot of grace, but I've also put a lot of work in. And I have never lost my focus, even on really rough days, like in the last few months, I've experienced three counts of sexual harassment. I have witnessed one, two, three different counts of racism and of another employee that it got so bad that they wanted to quit because they were being disrespected and they didn't like that I was being disrespected. Um, I have dealt with that while working 12 to 14 hour days 19-hour days with travel on my overtime days. Orchestrated the second real entertainment therapy experience while moving twice because of my housing instabilities, because I would be with my husband right now, but there are some political leaders that decide to try and destroy relationships instead of build each other up. I am so sick and tired of people trying to destroy when all they have to do is step up their game.
do better themselves. Stop looking at the competition. I was having this conversation the other day with my mom. Winners, first place people, don't concern themselves with the competition. They want to be better themselves internally. That's not always the case if you are on a team that thinks they're first place, but they're really third, fourth, or 17th place. When you have an experience on a winning team, whether it's a winning family, whether it's you're a part of a church that's doing so great in your community, whether it's your job is you know, the highest ranking location, whatever it is for you, if you're first place and you're continually first, not just once and then you lose it, but you're continually seeing everyone around you rise up and raise their standards, you don't want to move to other areas. You don't want to shift your focus because you are plugged in. I can think very specifically the direct sales company that I was a part of. The only reason why I had left the company and I'm still connected to the top level leaders and respect them and I will always edify them. But my close leader that was in close proximity to me disrespected me when I reached out to her in my time of need of experiencing domestic violence in the home. That was the only reason. Her and one other person said that she did not have room in her home for me when I needed housing. But then she quickly was able to have all of this room in her home a few weeks later when I was moving across the country and she was seeing that I was leaving physically and I was leaving their team. I tried to have a nice conversation with her that I wasn't making the money that I was promised and I was putting the hours in and the time and I learned what I was supposed to learn in that time frame. That woman changed her story and said she had all the kinds of room in her home. When I needed help in my time of need and thought that my life was in danger, they did not step in to help me so they're out of the circle doesn't mean I hate them it just means that I had to shift my focus and the creator of the universe desired for me to focus on building my own brand you might be going through something where you've been in an organization where is everyone is winning they're helping each other keeping each other accountable but poison gets in the team somehow some way somewhere you're not sure exactly what is going on, but shifts are happening. Changes are occurring. Pay attention to that. I had been a part of that organization. Uh, I think it was 11 months. I was invited. Well, I kind of invited myself. <laughs> the top income earner of the whole company was in my state. Her bonus alone was $800,000 a year. She and her husband were not hurting for money. She retired her husband from, I believe he worked at Microsoft. She was doing a Roaring Twenties themed party at her house. And I love to sing jazz. I was in a jazz group when I uh, finished college and would perform with them every so often in graduate school and whatnot, and I was missing performing. 
So I commented on her post that she announced they were going to do this party for all the volunteers and for all the top-level leaders to make connections and associate. I wanted to associate with top income earners because I wanted to learn from them. Success leaves clues. She said, absolutely. We would love to have you perform. Do you have a pianist? So I found a pianist from Ray Hayden, who, if you listened to August 18th's event, Real Entertainment Therapy Experience, he's the one that connected me to different piano players in his community because musicians know how to collaborate together. Uh, not all musicians, but the ones that I choose to associate with work together. We joined in. Um, he said what his rate was. She asked what my rate was. I said zero dollars. I am doing this because I love it and I, wanna, I wanted to connect with them. And I also didn't know my value of what price point to say. Because at that point, I was just excited to be a part of this winning team. And I was learning and I was soaking up. And I got to perform for the top income earner of the company that beat every single record in a 150-year industry. That alone just was enough for me. I will sing for free any day, <laughs> as long as my bills are covered. Anyways, sidetrack. So I'm performing and, you know, experiencing, enjoying the experience and whatnot. And she edified me in front of the whole group. I connected with so many of the top income earners. They handed me their phone numbers because she edified me to the whole group that was at her house and said, I am so impressed with Erin because she took a risk and auditioned for The Voice. She flew and auditioned. And I didn't know she was paying attention <laughs> to my video. I had flown. My uncle... Uh, Franco and his new wife, he was married to my aunt, but my aunt passed away when I was in graduate school. He and his, aunt, uh, he and his, his new wife, uh, they paid for my hotel stay and they transported me to and from the audition experience a couple weeks, I want to say, before that in Chicago. And this woman, I had impressed her. I had no clue that I could impress anybody. <laughs> when you take risks towards your dreams, towards the life that you desire to design. You never know what's possible. It was such a fun experience. However, in the coming weeks, we found out quickly that she had shifted, uh, she had been offered a job opportunity from another direct sales company, and so she changed companies, and a lot of the leadership left I don't know with her or what happened exactly um, I didn't concern myself with any of that drama because I still was a part of the team and I learned a lot from the leadership where I continued to be a part of it for as long as humanly possible and the lesson that I want you to learn from from this and sharing my story with you is you don't have to know it all to be a part of something. You can still do great things and be new in your job, in your family, in your country. Maybe you just moved to a new area and you are considered a foreigner. You can still add value by being yourself and finding one person to positively impact. If you can help more than one person each day, that's great. 
but just try to impact one person's day. Maybe it's saying something nice to them. Maybe it's their car is on the side of the road and they don't have the strength to push it and they're blocking a lane of traffic. Maybe you pull over and you help guide them to a safe spot so that they don't get hit by an oncoming vehicle that is so busy and stressed that they are texting when they're driving when they shouldn't be. I know that that happens because I've been on the road and I've seen way too many car accidents. And I take ownership as well. Uh, when I first got a cell phone in high school and whatnot, um, I went, oh my gosh, this is an old memory, but uh, we had to do a senior project and I chose to do uh, accidents on the road and what was a more common accident for, uh, or a trigger for an accident for car accidents. Uh, because I had gotten in an accident uh, my sophomore year after going to a tanning bed and I was so afraid to drive after that. I was so ashamed that I had gotten in an accident and my parents were like not even stressed about it at all but I put that pressure on myself. So my senior year um, I learned about the, the number one causes of accidents. Now that was back in 2004, so a lot has changed since then. Uh, we have gotten a lot more access to smart devices, a lot more notifications distracting us. Uh, one, one thing that I learned about Androids that I like, when I was off the grid I was forced to get a different phone because my phone had been compromised. And it automatically would send the notification to whomever was reaching out to me if my vehicle was on. I'm still not exactly sure how it works, but I appreciate whoever designed it in that capacity to protect me on the road and also to respect the person reaching out, to let them know, like, hey, driving, not gonna respond to you right now. I think we all need a reset of healthy boundaries to set for ourselves because Nobody gets more hours in a day. We all have the same number of hours in a day, except for the creator, because the creator can stop time, but that's a different story. We have to make a decision what's most important in that moment. How many more people can we positively impact in the world if we make the decision to be safe when we're on the road, if we make the decision to communicate in advance so that people aren't waiting and expecting to hear from us and we changed our minds because we're having maybe a bad depressive day and we don't feel like reaching out to anyone. When we focus on how we can help others, doing a little bit of contribution every day. It doesn't mean that you have to go on a mission trip every day, right? It just means just start small, wherever you're at. Do one little thing. And if you have more time to do more, then do more. Um, I'm at the place where I am ready to work 100% for myself, for, the, for my government. Um, I, I know that there is, in it, um, I would say audition. There's there's been tests that have been going on for all of the people that claim to be mental health advocates, 
And that is the reason why I experienced why I experienced. They used the circumstances, I believe, to test us all to see who is the chosen one. Um, the creator decides who that is. I just want to help people. I want to help people. I want to create programs. I want to create music. And I don't want to have to concern myself with any of my bills, right? I've added enough value to my country. They, they know it. They know it because if they didn't know it, they wouldn't be stealing from me illegally, remotely. Right after our event on August 18th, I reported three different counts of cybercrime because my nonprofit email account, which is extremely secure, no one had the password except for one individual, that website got locked up. My podcast website, which is a separate website for my Move Happy Business, got locked up. I wasn't able to reach out to one of my community members who has been featured on national news as a security advisor. Wasn't able to reach out to them. Uh, my own mother had to get a new cell phone. One of our community members that was a part of the experience that I had just met had to get a new cell phone. Um, it's time for the silliness, <laughs> the theft, to stop. I am a woman of peace and love, but my husband is wrath. If the Creator allows him to destroy, he will do anything in his power, and his friends will do anything to make sure that I am safe protected and my businesses are protected because it's not just my businesses it's our businesses we did not sign a prenup everything that is mine is his and vice versa you messed with me you messed with us it stops today we're still offering an opportunity to apologize, uh, but the person that is the individual that took the payment over the hit on my life and has continued receiving payments, I believe, since 2020 to keep an eye on my business and my location, you have an opportunity, but your time is running out. You know what you need to do. Connect us to the top level leaders and you apologize humbly in front of them and my husband might forgive you. I will, uh, but you better have a conversation with him first because he doesn't want to see you. He already told me he would destroy you if he saw you. I am having to give him some calming words and encourage him to not destroy you because I believe in unity and we both know that the world will be better if our country does not go at civil war because of this stupid decision you made. Everything is fixable. And I can't wait to talk to the top level leaders of our country about the ideas that I have to add revenue 
so that every single American citizen and those that are living here, residing, can add value and not take from government assistance. Because I imagine there are many that don't desire to keep taking, but they don't know how to get from their current situation to the next step. And I believe the creator of the universe has inspired ideas through me and through my husband because we both have been homeless and we know what it is like to not have stable housing. He lived homeless much longer than I did. Everyone deserves a second chance and that is why I have been patient since 2020, but my patience is running out. Those of you that have been listening to the show, the last few minutes have been intense, and that is intentional, because I know there are a team of people that listen to the show regularly. I am me in all facets, in all my quirks, and my husband loves every aspect of me, and I can't wait to be reunited with him. Make sure if you have loved ones that you care about, whether it be a spouse, a child, a parent, a grandparent, a cousin, a niece, a friend. If you have anyone in your circle that you love, reach out to them today, whoever that is for you, and tell them. Tell them why you appreciate them. All right, that's all, folks. All right, that's a wrap, folks. Uh, we always check the downloads for our fun listening room experience contest. Once we get to 10,000 downloads, that'll be our first layer level of the listening room experience which is a private concert for our VIP fans that have been continually sharing the brand um, taking action in your communities and posting it on social media and whatnot so as it stands right now you can check 24 7 on the status of our downloads if you go to themovehappy.podbean that's p-o-d-b-e-a-n.com and we are at 3,595 so uh, that's ears, eyeballs, people that have listened to the show, or sometimes it's a double click if a person listened to it and then they listened to it again, or if they listened to it and then they shared it with a friend um, in their community. So we really appreciate you. That's zero paid ads. That's real people listening to the show. But if we have one person share it with three, then that's three more people that are connecting and listening to the show. We'll get to that 10,000 download real quick. Uh, I had first learned about the listening room experience from my brother when he got to be a part. When I was in college, he pursued music full-time. He was the one in our family, the first one to follow his dreams. And he got to be in a private room experience where music was released to the top-level influencers from, at the time, YouTube and professional musicians in the music industry and he got to be in the same room as Beyonce only a couple years in so I want to do the same experience for those of you that have supported the mission and helping us to empower the world to find happiness from within through mindset community and fitness through my gift of music and my gift of bringing people together so we do have some ways to go some ways to help us with that um, you can tag us on any social media platform on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. It's going to be changed over to Meta soon. Not sure when, but just keep that in mind. If you don't see Facebook and Instagram anymore and you only see M-E-T-A, that's why. Um, but the handle is the same for all three. 
the little at sign, the real move happy. That's T H E R E A L M O V E H A P P Y. You can tag us on Twitter at move happy team, M O V E H A P P Y T E A M. Snapchat. Still learning that platform. I don't add people because I've had a lot of creepy people sending me nudes. So (laughs) make sure you send me a DM on another platform if you want to snap back and forth. But keep in mind that my husband and my whole team will be seeing whatever you send. Uh, So keep it, keep it adult and keep it uh, professional. Uh, That is the little at sign the move happy just like the beginning of our website t-h-e-m-o-v-e-h-a-p-p-y linkedin my main one is Erin nicole um, because it's like a professional platform like a digital resume if you will Um, we do have a business page you can tag as well for move happy Uh, it's the little at sign m-o-v-e the little dash if you're on your american keyboard it's the one right next to the zero at the top i'm not sure if you're on another keyboard where it's located i apologize uh and then happy afterwards you'll see a lavender and gray logo with the little registered r above the top there are many move happy businesses online i am the one that owns uh, and my husband and i i should say own the trademark because whatever is mine is his and it's ours anything else um, I do have to create a new getter app because I was removed illegally off of the GETTR app um, I'll be creating a new profile after we air this episode on there um, if move happy is still available as I had created already then I will be putting myself back on there as well for our family and our brand to represent uh, for those of you that lean towards the right side Republicans um, my husband and I do not claim any political party. We want all represented, all faith systems, all skin colors, all genders. Uh, we want all human beings to be respected, no matter what income level you come from. And especially if you are a veteran or a first responder, we definitely want you to be connected and plugged in. Especially because, uh, in family members of veterans and first responders, because you are the most sensitive population in regards to depression, and we want to help with that. Love you guys so much. Uh, thank you in advance for any tags. If you want to write a couple sentences demonstrating that you are taking action in your community, demonstrating to us that we are doing our part and we are making a difference. When you remind us, we reward you. So as soon as we get to 10,000 downloads, that's the first level private concert experience where you'll get to hear some first to the market music before it's released publicly from yours truly. And any of my music connection friends that desire to meet you and connect with you and share their gifts with you. So, all right. Thank you guys so much. Don't forget to tell someone you love them today. We'll see you next week.